0: Today is the fifth Sunday of Lent, and Lent is more than you think. Lent is the church's yearly invitation for you and me to get in shape spiritually. Lent is a yearly invitation to step back and ponder the big questions. Have you ever lost something that was important to you? To say the least, it's uh, no fun. And most of us, if we had the choice, would not repeat the losses that we've had in our lives if we didn't have to. Which kind of makes St. Paul's letter to the Philippians today sound a bit strange. Uh, Bizarre, even. (coughs) Because as we heard, St. Paul starts off this particular passage... By talking about his former life, and the qualities, and the things that he had in his life before. And he starts off in chapter 3, verse 4, by saying, If anyone has reason to be confident in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day, a member of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, As to righteousness under the law, blameless. In other words, before St. Paul became a disciple of Jesus, he was a respected rabbi. He made a respectable living at his trade. He was a maker of tents. That was his day job. He went to the Ivy League equivalent of rabbinical schools in his day. And St. Paul had developed built up for himself a national reputation. Everyone in his country knew him to be a man zealous for the Jewish faith, going so far as to persecute this new Christian movement and even to arrange for the execution of these Christians. And yet, the Apostle Paul says in verse 7, talking about his former way of life, that whatever gains I had, these I have come to regard as loss because of Christ. More than that, in everything is lost because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. St. Paul lost all of that respect that he had from his colleagues, from his friends, probably his family. He lost all the esteem that he would have enjoyed the moment he became a disciple of Jesus. Now, most of you are probably aware that St. Paul's life of missionary activity had several dump trucks of adversity. He was stoned, he was whipped, he was ridiculed, he was shipwrecked, and the list goes on and on. It could be a movie. And in the end, Christian tradition tells us that St. Paul was tortured and killed, executed. His head was chopped off with a sword all for following Jesus. Makes you want to sign up, eh? A woman was once asked, did your husband live up to everything he told you before you were married? No, he did not. Only one thing. Well, what was that? He said it wasn't good for me. <laughs> At least he was honest. But are you an both the good and the bad, that goes with being a disciple of Jesus. Not necessarily a church door, but being a disciple, there are good and bad things that will come your way. And actually, millions of people, many of them very lovely people, have said no to Jesus over the centuries, because they did not want to deal with the costs associated with discipleship. Maybe they were willing to do the church growing thing, but they weren't willing to be disciples because they did not want to deal with the costs of discipleship. But let me ask you this question. Do you think it's likely that you and I are going to face those dramatic circumstances that St. Paul faced? Probably not. It's probably not likely.
1: But that doesn't mean that there is not
0: a cost associated with our discipleship. Canadian society can kind of smile benignly at casual church going. The way that church going is seen by the wider culture now is essentially this oh, isn't that sweet and old fashioned that they do that? Uh, it doesn't do anything for me, I don't need that. But if they get something good out of it, good for them. And that's just casual church going. Anything that's more serious, especially a discipleship commitment, is seen as strange by the wider society. So are you willing to be viewed as being a bit odd by other people? And this is only going to get worse as we move forward over the years and over the decades into our increasingly secular post-Christian society. Christians, especially disciples, will continue to be seen as strange and odd and out of step with things. And as Christians, we will have to get used to that as we move forward into the future. Times change. In faithful acts of Christian behavior, faithful acts of discipleship are not always seen as making much sense from a popular or worldly point of view. A great example we found in today's gospel reading from John chapter twelve, with Mary at Bethany's lavish gift of worship. I think, though, that we could be in agreement that if we were at a dinner party, Okay, all of us were at a dinner party. And one of the hostesses took out very expensive perfume and poured it all over the guests at Honor's feet. And then she got down on her knees and took her long, sensuous hair, and started wiping the honor feet's guests. do we agree we'd all get comfortable? And just for kicks, let's say the honor guest was a bishop. That was kind of the effect that it would have had back then. The churchgoer and the non churchgoer alike would agree and say, That is strange, that is bizarre, what just happened. But from the perspective of discipleship, the discipleship lenses, what Mary of Bethany did was priceless. It was beautiful. And for over 2,000 years, Christians have told the story of what Mary of Bethany did so that what she did for our Lord would not be forgotten. What are you willing to do for our Lord? What price are you willing to pay? What cost are you willing to endure? When we think about St. George's and the wider parish and efforts to renew and revive, a price will have to be paid for that to happen. For us to have even just the littlest chance will require a group of us seeking God and a group of us who are willing to try to do those things that are necessary for new life. I was privileged to lead a congregation that was in decline, heading toward closure, into renewal, spiritual, in America. The only reason that happened was two things. Number one, the grace of God and number two was that there were uh, lay people. There was a group of committed lay people who were willing to be on board with those things that were necessary <coughs> to bring new life—the experiments, all these different things that we tried, a lot of which failed—and probably I can say some luck too. But it will be no different here. And as you know, the challenge that we face here is huge in terms of renewal and revival. But there is a smaller price that you can pay for your faith that will help grow your faith and hopefully help this congregation. And that is number one, praying for our 50 days of forgiveness challenge. Praying that God will use it so may see just a poster and say, you know what, I'm going to pick up the phone and call that person I haven't talked to in so long. So pray that God will use our challenge to the virtual community, that God will use it. And number two, invite friends, acquaintances, family members to join you for those three forgiveness sermons that we will be doing this three Sundays after Easter. That might cost you something. It might feel a little uncomfortable. But don't be like that American guy from the Midwest who loved his wife so much he nearly told her. That was a joke. (laughs) you <laughs> to people who left. Don't tell people that you love God and you're committed to this congregation by inviting them to the series. Don't love so much that you almost say something. Don't no, say something. Do the end anyway. Disciples pay a cost. Just goers, not necessarily. So, repeat after me, disciples pay a cost. Disciples We're still so awake. Good. Disciples pay a cost by accepting Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Disciples pay a cost because they are following God to the promised land in their daily lives. Disciples pay a cost because they fess up, that they've committed sins, and they're not perfect, and they seek to repent of them. Disciples pay a cost by seeking to love God and their neighbor outside this building, when they're not here, when they're out in the field, when they're at the cafe, when they're with their family, Disciples pay a cost by committing themselves to the six marks of discipleship. Some of you might know them by now. Worship weekly. Pray daily. Read the Bible daily. Serve at the local congregation and beyond. Willing with others and those spiritual friendships and give generously. Now there's a cost. There's a big cost associated with all of those things that I just said. Is it worth it? To talk to the saints, you have to talk to those who've gone before us. But I will allow St. Paul to answer that question for us. Philippians chapter three, verse seven. In whatever gains I have, these I have come to regard as lost because of Christ. More than that, I regard everything as lost because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Amen.